You're listening to The Soccer Show, brought to you by Oklahoma City FC and the Broadway Clinic on 1077 The Franchise. Welcome in to The Soccer Show here on 1077 The Franchise, brought to you by Oklahoma City FC and the Broadway Clinic. We're here every Wednesday night from 8 to 9 p.m. I am Ryan Chapman, joined alongside Todd Lizenby. Hey, buddy. How are you? you? I'm great. Great. Good Good to be back live again. I know. Good to be back live. Our travels, we have survived. I don't know if we're still here in one piece, but we are at least physically in the room. We've got Maddie Goldfish, Matt Goldbranson on the other side of the glass. Who does an outstanding job, whether we're here or not? He is still. It's making been sure. lonely up here the last couple of weeks, know. gentlemen. I felt kind of bad. I thought about FaceTiming you during a couple of the shows, just be like, it's almost like we're here. But uh, yeah, I was fighting hotel battles and flights and stuff in Orlando. But no one wants to hear about that. You're here to hear about the beautiful game. And we've got an action-packed Wasn't real show. beautiful today for Manchester Yet City. Again, no, it was not. We have, since we last met, Met, meted, whatever, talked. We have a, a little, a small appetizer of Premier League games. We had an FA Cup weekend. We've got some news in the soccer broadcasting world that we'll kind of get to in our second segment. Injuries, transfers, all that. That's in the second segment. We'll preview the weekend at the end of the show. And as always, we'll crack open the mailbag at about 8.40, 8.45. So you still have plenty of time at Soccer Show 107.7 on Twitter. If you have any questions or at Todd on Franchise, at underscore Ryan Chapman, we will answer all of those. But Todd... It was a magical weekend of the FA Cup. Before we get to that. It wasn't, but. <laughs> yeah, I mean, well, we, we had one fun result, and it's not a fun result if you're a Liverpool fan. Otherwise, it was pretty chalk. Uh, I would say two. I would say Sheffield Wednesday would be the other one. Yeah, yeah. Um, I just prefer to uh, not think of Sheffield Wednesday. Well, I mean, I prefer to not think of Newcastle. So w- Fair. Either way, we were going to have one of them go through to the next round. Yes, and. Uh, not sure that's the best result for the rest of the Premier League, but that's neither here nor there. That's true. Uh, in Premier League action, so it, it when you last left, we had recorded a bit early just because we had to. It, it is what it is. And I don't think we had gotten through a couple of these Wednesday games. It was the rare Wednesday show where we didn't have the info on hand. So let's blow through that real quick here before we get into all the FA Cup fun. Spurs absolutely demolished Palace. A big response from Tottenham after... The kind of odd post game before that with Antonio Conte right. and the comments that he had made. This was something that uh, I thought was a really encouraging performance from Tottenham, and and I I almost wondered if in hindsight it became one of those things where after another disappointing showing previously, Conte went out and he's like, I'm gonna say crap that has people talking about me. I'm cool with that. I live in the chaos. That's what I do as a manager. You guys worry about you. I'll take the hit on this one, and it won't be a big deal because that's certainly how Tottenham played, free and loose. I mean, Conte saying things that are are true, right? I mean, they do need yeah. to spend more cash if they're going to be better, but also I I find it true that Conte's style holds them back a little bit. You know what I mean? I think both of those are true. So, um, And I could totally see where... If I'm Tottenham, I'm like, do we really want to spend cash to play this style? How far is that going to get us, especially in Europe? So I I kind of see both sides of it. But, yeah, that was a nice performance by them. It was a nice bounce back. These matches were actually going on live as we were recording. Yeah. I remember actually kind of watching well, a few of them. I remember Wolves getting a goal and being like, what is happening with Wolves? Loptegi has come in and turned that well, group around also, as we get to uh, on the weekend. Also, I remember uh, we had David Moyes fired, I think, in the middle of the show as well. Yeah, because that it was 1 0, and then it was 2 1. <laughs> the next thing we saw, it finished 2 2 against Leeds. Yeah, we, we, were, we were ready to uh, start handing out pink slips left, yeah. right, and center. Uh, Forrest beat Southampton 1 0. That was the other result that. Bad result up. for Southampton, although yes. they looked really good in the League Cup today against City. Yeah, Forrest, they've. Uh, I know everyone, they took their beating for having like eight different social media managers and marketing managers in like six days at one point uh, and for bringing in 8,000 new, I think it was 23 new faces yeah. to the squad. But that was a group that right before the World Cup break, I'm not sure they got the their just due because they kind of come together a little bit. And the question was going to be 
Now you're off for a month and a half. Is that good, bad, or whatever? They've they've come out and they've been frisky on the other side. You know, I think our friend Forrest Bennett has adopted Nottingham Forest really? as his team, which fits, right? Uh, but he tweeted today, you follow the Twitter account Footy Scran, don't you? Yes. He tweeted the pizza hot dog, which is like a pizza that has a hot dog in the middle of it with ketchup. And Correct. It's like seven bucks for this foot-long pizza hot dog. Which is not bad. If you can keep the ketchup, I'd be all in. All if you in. can keep the ketchup? Yeah. yeah. If, oh, uh, take it off of correct, it? Okay. Correct. Okay. Yeah, I'm sure you could order it no ketchup. There'd be like I might even throw some mayo on it because I'm a sicko. Hey, I... Uh, yeah, I'm out on the mayo. <laughs> one of, you got me with that. Ugh. One of the best meals I've ever had was walking out of the Rose Bowl. Uh, the street cart cartel, as my friend calls it, who lived in L.A., because he's like, you can order a, a hot dog from one th- cart, and the other one's like, you can just pay me. It's all good. He's like, right, he's, he's right. convinced it's all a cartel. Uh, brat, mayo, onion. Happiest so good, I've been. man. Happiest yeah. I've been in a really The mayo on a hot dog is very underrated. And and that's a weird food take. There you Ryan go. And Todd here on and the soccer seriously, show. follow the, uh, the account at Footy Scran. It's a great account. Yeah, absolutely. That moves us into our Thursday action. Uh, man City and Chelsea, we said that this was the big matchup for this show. Uh, Todd, what was your thought on this game? Because my thought was City were pretty underwhelming, and it was not really anything that Chelsea were doing. It was just City... Felt like it should have been a lot more than it was because I, I thought well, Man City were pretty wasteful. Pep uh, Pep actually came out post match and said I got it wrong in the first half, and they adjusted in the second half and had way more possession, had way more final third entries, and finally got the breakthrough. It did look pretty uninspired, truthfully, and uh, you know, not that I really even cared honestly if they were going to lose to Chelsea in the FA Cup over the weekend and the next match that they played, but I thought there was a good chance they could, and then. You go out and wallop them on the weekend, and then they lose to Southampton today. So City are kind of all over the place a little bit right now, which which worries me. Like I, I think the best news for Arsenal is has nothing to do with how they're playing. It's how City's playing right now. Yeah, it's it's been really inconsistent from the Chelsea side of things. Uh, I had barely sat yeah, down what? for this game before Raheem Sterling was off right, with an injury. Right. Christian Pulisic is hurt again. We'll talk about that in the next segment. What what's What's going on with Potter? Well, I, is he going to survive? Yeah. I mean, the first thing is Chelsea are a center half away from being able to field an, a starting 11 of injured players. Mm-hmm. And so you've got that going on. Uh, I think that Chelsea are, no, I know it's new ownership, but they are notoriously uh, quick, quick trigger quick with managers. Quick yes. trigger. I think that which Potter, means their fans are used to that, which means there are probably a lot of fans right now calling for his head that shouldn't be. Uh, there are a lot of fans that are calling for his head. Yes. Not sure they shouldn't be. Graham Potter has shown literally nothing in the way of tactics or anything like that. He, it has been just injury galore. The the thing is, when you know Reese James was healthy, they had a couple of nice showings against a banged up AC Milan team. Uh, Thomas Tuchel looked really freaking good when Reese James was healthy too. So that that's not uh, a change there. I, I think that what Potter is dealing with right now is at Brighton, he had the entire week to drill and prepare his team. When you're playing at Chelsea, congrats. You're in the Champions League. You're in the FA Cup. You were in the Carabao Cup at one point, uh, and you've got a congested schedule. There is no training days. It is recovery days. It's, hey, try to get your tactics across in the classroom and get this thing rolling because Chelsea do not look like a team that has any identity right now whatsoever. They're just 11 guys that go out there and look pretty miserable. Well, the good news is uh, you do get the makeup match against Fulham. Yes. Right. Coming up uh, tomorrow. 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 tomorrow yeah. And then yeah. you play again on Sunday. So good news with all those injuries, you still got fixtures coming at you right left. Yeah. And hey. Hey. At least the, you're not in the cups. You're correct. Wel- you're welcome. By the you're way. Right. You're right. Which, by the way, <laughs> uh, I I know we texted about this, but obviously City just demolished Chelsea in the FA Cup, and the draw was made before that game happened, and. Quite the cup run for City so far. In the Carabao Cup, you got Chelsea and Liverpool. In the FA Cup, you got and Chelsea then lost and to Southampton. Yeah, yeah. And then in the FA Cup, you got uh, Chelsea and Arsenal. Yeah, so the exactly. the cup draw has exactly. not been not been kind or very exactly. kind to City. Either way, you're either knocking out your rivals immediately, or you're not having to play. Well, uh, as we get to the weekend and we get to the cup stuff, the big one is uh, Liverpool, right? Yeah, the Liverpool and Wolves, as we kind of alluded to earlier, Luptegi has come in for Wolves, and it looks like he's not only stabilized, but but have them playing. I don't want to say that he's, he's totally changed what's happening, but Wolves, for a large part of this season, looked 
like they were allergic to even trying to mount an attack until they went down or anything like that. And, and they at least look like, hey, we're, we're happy to spring forward, get things going, get that 2-2 result against Liverpool, which which will force a, a replay for Wolves. And and really, I think that's all you could kind of ask for if you're Wolves. And then on the Q, Q big club complaining about too many matches and having to play a replay, right? Right. I heard Jurgen Klopp bitching and moaning about that. Well, that's that's just what the Jurgen Klopp do. If things aren't perfect, Jurgen Klopp is that's a moaner. True. That's true. And that's Tuchel's a moaner, Conte's a moaner, Jose's a moaner. Uh, so I, I want to be fair on, on all uh, fair and equal, but Jurgen does moan. Jurgen, Jurgen always has something to say unless he wants. Not Brendan Rodgers, though. He never moans. It's just Braj. That's just Braj. He just wants to go back to New York City, man. Just let him go back to New York City. He really likes it there. But, I mean, honestly, for Liverpool, we talked about the problem they've had all year long, injuries. They're finally getting healthier. You know what the worst thing you can have? An extra game. <laughs> right, right. I got to tell you, I, lo- I was watching, trying to remember who it was that I, I watched, uh, Stockport and Walsall. I watched that one on Sunday. It was great. I love. I mean, I love finding those tiny little FA Cup matchups and checking them out. Um, I, and you know, on the on the seedy little pitches, yeah. that maybe have some bumps or some some uh, cricket lines on them or some rugby lines on them. Love that stuff. Now, historically, the FA Cup, it was you saw a lot more upsets when the pitches were really bad. Yeah. Right when they would just go play in mud holes when you've with got these lower level teams. Another uh, Twitter account that you need to be on the classic football videos. Yep, it's yep. Uh, see, I find a ton of joy in sending those back and forth with you, and I'm just like, look at this. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they do that all the time. This is mud wrestling right exactly. here. This is something straight out of a, a county fair in Texas. But there really weren't a ton of big upsets. I mean, I guess the only kind of big upset to be that could be left is Borum Wood, who's in the National League. They're playing Accrington Stanley in a replay uh, yeah. for a chance to move, and they have a realistic chance of moving on. But, you know, nothing too crazy. Sheffield Wednesday do beat Newcastle United, as you mentioned. That may have some effects on the Premier League race as well. Yeah, because Newcastle will be a club that, for them, top four, I think, it is the most important thing. So you can stabilize and recruit this summer as a Champions League club. So... Not having the FA Cup fixtures isn't the worst thing in the world. Obviously, you'd rather win it, but it's not the worst thing in the world because if you get knocked out now, uh, Newcastle and Spurs are two clubs. The way that they kind of play, how defensively sturdy they are, you don't want to draw them in a cup competition because they they can just defend their way to a final, and that's a lot more games. I'll, I'll give you another real quick FA Cup uh thing of note especially for a lot of people that may have watched the series is Wrexham go through as well I don't know if you're just about to yeah, mention that Wrexham, or not 4-3 winners over Coventry Wrexham go through and they've got uh Sheffield United in Wrexham so yeah. they get to host Sheffield United in the fourth round of the FA Cup which I would imagine is is winnable for them like that's not it's not that's not an impossible task at all no it's not an impossible task and that's one that I imagine that ESPN plus will want to pick up because ESPN plus had picked up a nationally game yep here or there for Wrexham. If if you missed it, welcome to Wrexham's on Hulu. That's Ryan Reynolds and Rob McElnaney. Uh Obviously, a couple of owners that we are very familiar with here. Uh, pretty good series. I I don't know if I liked it as much as Sunderland Till I Die on Netflix. I think it's I think Wrexham is more for the uh, casual the casual soccer fan. Yes, the kind of soccer adjacent fan, if yep. you will. And and Sunderland Till I Die is more for the hardcore that likes the you know the backroom stuff. Both fun, both fun. Yep. Uh, some other big results just from the FA Cup because, like you said, at least at, at the at the top level, not a, not a lot of huge, massive upsets or anything. Yeah, like but Man I, United didn't get beat. I was going to say, but I, I did think it was important that United just looked like they kept that ball rolling. Rashford scored. United again, look good right now, and, and, and they look really. good. And you know what they have at the weekend, right? We're going to talk about that. We got yeah. the Manchester Derby coming up at Old Trafford, and they got shredded last time out against Man City. So. That's if you think I'm uh, if you think I'm confident going into that one as a Man City supporter, you are wrong. Right, right. Because Man United have looked really good, and Marcus Rashford looks really good right now as well. Yeah, Rashford's firing all cylinders, and that one's going to be so important. Like like you mentioned, we're going to talk about it as we preview kind of this weekend's fixtures at the end. But Manchester United, we touched on it a little bit. They're in a really good spot. I know everyone's talking about Newcastle right now in that th- in at number three in the table. You got City, Arsenal, like. We're all trending toward City and Arsenal and the title fight. Newcastle sitting at third. Who's that fourth spot going to be? United keep this run going. A lot of clubs are going to get boxed out by City, United, Arsenal, Newcastle. Sure. No, I I mean, 
I was talking to someone about this the other day. You know, they, they, someone asked the question of, uh, sorry, I just saw something wild. Drew Holiday. They'll show the replay in a second. He just hit a shot from behind the backboard that was pretty crazy. Uh, I, someone asked me the question the other day about why is why is it so important this year that you like why is Conte freaking out right why does he want so much from Spurs ownership to which I said like right now is and same with Chelsea like why would they be freaking out because right now top four is as hard to achieve as it's been since I've been watching the sport yeah right I mean I remember when I first started watching Man City had just got bought. And it was, oh, they're going to be the sixth team that can compete for the top four, right? Outside of Arsenal, Man United, Liverpool, who were already kind of fading, right? Right? Tottenham, uh, Chelsea, and then Man, U- Man City were the sixth team. Everton were close there for a few years. We've seen Leicester obviously have their little run. But really, there West were, Ham had a year or two where they yeah, were kind of threatening. But really, then- there have only been five teams and then Man City made it six. Well, now you throw Newcastle into the mix, and that's seven, right? And now Tottenham is stronger than they were then, right? Right, With their new stadium. And now, you know, Man City are obviously way stronger than they were then. Liverpool's back again. So now for clubs like Chelsea, for Manchester United, like you really do run the risk of getting stuck in that mid-table quagmire if you don't do something. So I understand why people are freaking out about it. Um so yeah, I guess I guess to your point, like yeah, it is crazy how mucked up that gets around the top four now. It didn't used to be that way. Yeah, it didn't used to be that way, and that that'll kind of dial into a, a lot of the conversation we have. And then uh, obviously, City walked over Chelsea. It was a great performance from City. Chelsea have been awful at the Etihad since Diego Costa, Conte, and that crew won three one. It's just been like not just bad, but embarrassing performance after embarrassing performance, and. They threw out City half, did all that without Holland. Too. Yeah, they threw out half a youth team, and uh, they they learned real quick what it's like to play with one of the best sides in Europe. I'll say this: City's youth team is getting a lot of good experience yes. this year. Yeah, a lot, and they didn't show up today though because we then had the Carabao Cup, the quarterfinals today, and uh, the semifinal draw happened after the quarterfinal matches today. So Man United beat Charlton yesterday three 0 Marcus Rashford had two goals in the 90th minute, then I think the 94th for his other one. Newcastle beat Leicester 2-0 yesterday. And then Nottingham Forest beat Wolves on penalties today. And Southampton upset Man City. So the draw for the semifinals, Southampton and Newcastle, Nottingham Forest and Man United. And while you're right, Newcastle getting knocked out of the FA Cup definitely helps get them some rest. Remember, they're now in the Carabao Cup semis, which is two legs. Yeah. Right? So they've got the home and home coming up over the next two weeks. They're next, signed up two of the next three weeks. Yeah, they're signed up for sure for a couple of extra fixtures there. The Carabao Cup is quickly in the territory of if you made it to this point, if you have to play the double leg semifinal, might you, as well go for it. You better freaking win it because mm-hmm. otherwise, you you have played in a cup that's not really that. I remember one year City played Newcastle or not was it? I think it was Newcastle actually in the first leg of the semis. They beat them seven nil. And then they had to come out and play a week yeah. later, and it was like nobody wanted to be there. Yeah, it, I think Newcastle won 1-0, and I think City played 11 guys who, if you added up their jersey numbers, it equaled like 750. Yeah, it, incredible. <laughs> it's all incredible. like number 68, 74. It, I went to a uh, Chelsea Club America preseason friendly this year where there was a 214 on the field, <laughs> and, and City's like, can we, put, can we put one more number right, on? Can we put right. one more number on? That's Todd Lizaby. I'm Ryan Chapman. If you're just tuning in, this is the soccer show here on 107.7 The Franchise, brought to you by Oklahoma City FC and the Broadway Clinic. If you've got any questions, there's still plenty of time to fire those in. We'll open up the mailbag at about 8.45. You can hit us up at Soccer Show 1077 on Twitter. On the other side, the transfer window is moving along. We've got rumors galore. We've got an injury that's going to affect the U.S. national team, not in this January window, but just in general, as well as... Some movement on the home front when it comes to a TV deal that I kind of like to get into real quick if Todd will allow me. So all that and more coming up on the other side here on The Soccer Show on 107.7 The Franchise. The Soccer Show is on Twitter. Give us a follow at Soccer Show 1077. Segment 
segment number two of the soccer show here on 1077 The Franchise. Ryan Chapman alongside Todd Lisby. We're brought to you every single episode by Oklahoma City FC and the Broadway Clinic. And don't fret. If you're just tuning in, you're like, crap. I miss Ryan and Todd getting to a huge fist fight over their respective clubs. And there was yelling. They were throwing ketchup and mayo and pizza hot dogs at each other. This bad boy's podcasted every single week. Just go to Apple Podcasts or Spotify and search The Soccer Show or head to thefranchiseok.com and you can listen back to the entire episode. And that goes, too, if you've been here the entire time and you can't wait to hear us preview the weekend's games. we got to get out of the car or whatever. Don't worry about it. Circle back to the podcast it's, tomorrow. It's free, too. It's, yes. Uh, but if you'd like to pay us 16 million pounds to rent it for the next yes. uh, four or five if, months, you can you do would, that as if well. If you would like, uh, send an email to Todd Bowley at Chelsea.com, I think, is where that goes. As we've got transfers galore. Is that where we want to start? Do you want to start with what's going on in my yeah. neck of the woods? Listen, you guide us. I will hold your hand as you lead me into the soccer wilderness, Ryan. Well, if you're unaware, there haven't been a ton of big moves because this is what happens every January. Everyone and their dog gets linked with these massive moves. And then the clubs... Just like the trade deadline in right. baseball or football. In football especially. Or NBA trade deadlines that way. And the clubs who are selling realize, wait, there is literally no one we can go out and buy right now unless we overpay. And then we are hurting our own chances at qualifying for what we want. But... There are always suckers in this market, and that sucker's named Todd Bowley. And most of them also realize most of these things that we really want, we can wait until the summer and get it cheaper. Correct. <laughs> Correct. But not Todd Bowley. Todd Bowley, Chelsea's new owner, he he has money to blow. We know this. You know this. Uh, if you add in Christopher Nkunku, which is a pre-contract deal that's been agreed to as and well. And a hell as, of a fun name to say. It is. Uh, and if you also add in the latest, Jao Felix. A guy who has been adrift at Atletico Madrid. He is coming to Chelsea on a six-month loan. The loan fee plus the salary in total, as Todd alluded to, is 16 million pounds. Is there an option to buy, Todd? Of course not. Is there an obligation to buy, Todd? No. Chelsea are spending 16 million pounds for six months of a striker. Would have been cheaper to have him DoorDash from Madrid. It would be. <laughs> and and the great news for everyone is that. Chelsea, current mid-table club, have no creative midfielders to feed him. The defense is still awful, so they're paying all this money to finish eighth? Maybe seventh, get into the Conference League, baby? Link up with Jose, your old friend at Roma. Uh, this deal, while... You Felix, sound like such a bereft little Chelsea fan right now. What? It, it, <laughs> it makes no sense. It, it just it, it doesn't. It makes no sense. Which I, is why I love it. I don't know what uh, what else you're supposed to say other than yeah, 16 million for a six month loan. If only there were a hundred no, million pound striker out there that that Chelsea. Had well, he should. You know, you put him up there with Pulisic up front, and maybe. Uh well. Like, <laughs> uh, if you missed, is it, there any problem with that? If you're a U.S. Men's National Team supporter now. Don't be like ESPN. When this news came out, ESPN was like, oh, my God, Christian Pulisic's hurt. He's going to miss the January camp. No one in Europe is going to the January camp. No one's getting released. Right. So right. don't freak out. Don't freak You're talking out. talking about the U.S. men's national the, yeah, team. Yeah, the January U.S. men's camp. national team yeah. January camp. Don't freak out if Eunice Moose is not there. Don't freak out if Weston McKinney, Tyler Adams, Brennan Aronson, Anthony Robinson. That's Tim basically Reed. the U.S. men's national team January camp is like when the Thunder do a thing in the community. It's probably going to be the guys at the end of the bench. Correct. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> I, be honest. I actually think Isaiah Joe has a chance to be called <laughs> right, up for the U.S. Right. men's national team in January because, again, it's only going to be like no one in Europe's getting released. But Graham Potter did say that Christian Pulisic will miss a couple, is what he said, of months. With an injury, it looked like another muscle injury. So do it that what you will. Just another in the saga for Pulisic, which really actually stinks because coming in off the World Cup, he had started three games on the bounce. It looked like Potter was giving him an extended run in the side, and then he gets hurt, which is unfortunately the Christian Pulisic story. That's what it was at Dortmund. It's what it's continued to be at Chelsea. Yeah, um, it's... I don't understand what Chelsea are doing, truthfully. And and I feel like Graham Potter's probably going to lose his job because of it. Because you can't spend that much money and then not expect big results, right? And I don't know how they're going to get big results just on that signing. And I know it's not just that signing, but what they've done Again, is, they've, in my mind, not going to put them in the top four. This puts 
the bill that Chelsea has spent since Bowley went in charge, it, it's now up to 400 million pounds. Right. At 400 million pounds since July, basically. By the way, I uh, one other kind of transferred note. It's like Man United might be close to Voot Veghorst. Yeah. Love that name. Love when we can get a little Voot at Man United. There's a great classic clip of Mark Goldbridge, who's the famous Man United YouTuber, of when Voot Veghorst scored against him when he was playing FIFA. And he goes, Voot Veghorst? Is that even a real person? Who has a name like Voot Veghorst? And now he plays for United. It is FIFA create a player territory. It is. It is. But um, Arsenal are close with Mudrik. Right. That's what we saw last last we got together. It looked like Chelsea were trying to gas pump that. It sounds like Arsenal... And Mujic are going to get that thing across the line. We still got a couple of details to work out here. And on the Liverpool front, Cody still Gakpo. Got two weeks to get stuff done. Yeah, too. two weeks to get stuff done. And on the Liverpool front, Cody Gakpo, who has already signed and he made his uh, debut here in the last yep. little bit. That's right. Yeah, he did. Um, one other thing I wanted to mention, too, because we mentioned Voot Veghorst, and it made me think about this that we didn't mention when we broke down the FA Cup last segment. If you pay attention to what Vincent Company's doing at Burnley, uh uh-uh. So Burnley beat Bournemouth, Bournemouth 4-2 in the FA Cup to advance. They drew uh, Ipswich Town in the next round. Right now, Burnley are five points clear at the top of the championship. I mean, as it stands right now, Vincent Company's managing in the Premier League next year, which yep. is kind of crazy. I think maybe people don't realize kind of the, the rise he's made managerially. He went to Anderlecht, which was his uh, childhood club in Belgium. He was fairly successful there, got the job at Burnley, and he's been great at Burnley this year. So I, I know that we usually pay more attention to the championship as we get closer to like April and May yep. to find out who may be promoted. But it's worth keeping an eye on. And obviously, I, I love Vince. He's my favorite Man City player ever. And when you talk about not just that, but um, Frank Lampard, current Premier League manager, not for long, but current Premier League <laughs> manager, He's a guy that went to the championship at Derby, and the best he did was fifth, sixth, made the playoff, wasn't able to kind of get that thing across the line. And then, due to just weird circumstances with the transfer ban at Chelsea, he became the guy that that kind of got pushed to the front of the line, uh, probably above what he actually performed in the championship. Wayne Rooney was his successor and was awful. So we've seen, like, we know this, the former player path does not always equal great manager Arteta's a guy that as a as a rook basically his first job was Arsenal struggled initially they stuck with him look where the gunners are now flying high with a massive massive North London derby coming up this weekend but Vincent Company like you mentioned went to Anderlecht successful and is a way more successful track record than than Frank Lampard a guy that we can immediately compare him to as a former player from the same era getting a managerial job and and he's still got to finish the job at at Burnley get that automatic promotion but all signs are pointing to uh, a really quick return for Burnley. Yeah, it's it's crazy how, uh, like I mentioned, how how quickly he's popped up. I was just looking at the championship table. It's it's always wild to me to see teams that were in the Premier League in my lifetime that are like about to get relegated into League One. For example, right now the bottom three in the championship are all teams that have been in the Premier League very recently: Blackpool, Huddersfield, and Wigan are all in the bottom three right now. Yeah. And those are all teams that I remember watching in the Premier League. Hell, Wigan, uh, I remember watching them beat Man City in uh, in the uh, FA Cup final yeah. with uh, Roberto Martinez. Stunning result, Wasn't yeah. that long ago, really. Um, Cardiff City are down towards the bottom. Bristol City are down towards the bottom. Like, there's a bunch of teams that I've seen. Was Bristol ever in the Premier League? They never made it, did they? Uh, I, I get them in Brentford mixed up all the time. Brentford obviously is in. I don't yeah. think Bristol did make it, but Stoke head, City definitely was. Birmingham City definitely was when I first started watching. Hull City, Swansea, all teams in the championship right now. That Do you think Swansea's like, can we kick the tires on Michu and just see? And just double check? <laughs> can we circle back? Speaking of kicking tires, we did have the U.S. Men's National Team report about Zinedine Zidane since we spoke last as well. Hey, look. <laughs> I give we'll them take it, baby. I we'll give take credit. it. Shoot for the stars. And if you fail, apparently Greg Berhalter is still in the running, still a candidate. That that was something that it, this whole to-do with the Reynas has not disqualified Greg Berhalter from managing the national team, at least publicly, somehow, some way. So, yeah, reach out to Zidane Zidane. Zidane said, I'm good. I think he's waiting on France, but that's going to be a long wait. As D.D. Deschamps, it, it sounds like he's going to stay through the next World Cup. The next two international tournaments, I think, is what what he had kind of put out there. 
Gosh, and Zidane still wants to wait. What's that tell you about our job here? I'll wait eight years instead of coming to join yeah, you. Yeah, don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. Oh, that's only three and a half. Years. Yeah, that's it's, true. it's a quick sprint. That's true. It's a quick sprint. Uh, real quick, though, I know this isn't your favorite topic, but I think it's important to discuss briefly because some names people recognize are on the move in the broadcasting world. So uh, we're about a month and a half, about 44, 45-ish days from the MLS season really kicking off, getting under full swing. MLS has made a huge bet with their TV deal. They've moved that bad boy over to Apple TV+. Plus. So the bet that MLS is making is instead of selling off one game to ESPN, one game to Fox, everyone else trying to get a regional network deal, all this stuff, they're trying to take the Premier League model and say the Premier League, albeit way more attractive than the MLS, but they got everything under one roof with NBC, and then NBC kept adding to programming, kept adding to programming, kept adding to programming, and then it became very easy. Like you and I know, if you get a Peacock subscription, you can watch whatever you want pretty right, much for, right. the, for the Premier League. And so MLS is making that bet with Apple TV+, Plus, trying to say, get an MLS pass to Apple TV+, Plus, and you can get every single MLS game you want, plus a ton of other programming. And the first name off the top, Taylor Twelman, is leaving yep. ESPN to join Apple TV+. Plus, So he's on the move. Yeah, I mean... I don't I'm probably always going to have a hard MLS is always going to be a hard sell for me I think just because what what I love about soccer it, and this is going to probably be taken the wrong way but I and I don't I don't mean this as in how it's going to sound just let me finish I love that it's not American <laughs> like I because it's different right I mean I I love that when I watch the Premier League it's not like watching any other American sport it's not yeah. the game is not it's not televised the same it's not broadcast the same the fans aren't the same you know the advertising boards aren't the same i love it just because it's different it's a, almost an escape from reality to me a little bit how they decide their actual champion like can you imagine any u.s sport everyone just saying hey you're just gonna play everybody home and away right we're gonna give right. you three points for a win one point for a tie and then yeah no playoff don't well, worry about and it. i think for a lot of soccer fans promotion relegation is one of the yeah. big things that is a draw and why they get into the premier league and i became a premier league fan before i became a fan of anything else before I became a fan of a national team, before I became a fan of MLS or before I even like played the sport or watched it at the high school or college level. The premier league was my first thing soccer wise. So I fell in love with how different it was. And MLS is just too much like other American sports to me, but I totally understand. I'm probably not the target audience, right? Right. So it's always tough for me to have a big opinion on it because I'm probably not going to watch regardless. Right now. I'm, and I'm the wrong guy to ask if it's going to work, but I would imagine that the target audience is a younger audience for MLS viewership than we're talking about for NFL viewership. Yeah. Or and that we're talking about for NCAA football viewership. And both of those that I just mentioned have had pretty good success going to streaming. Yeah. So I don't see any reason why MLS won't. Well, and the other thing, too, is MLS games are really hard to find. Right outside of the couple of, uh, of marquee games, if you can just put them in one location, yeah. And, and here's something too that I really like. Uh, by the way, this hasn't been announced yet, but it really seems like Kaylin Kyle is going to make the move over. Which, if you're not familiar with her work, she's a former Canadian women's national team player who then does presenting with BN Sports and does a pretty good job. And then she's also been working with Inner Miami. Um, I think she's making the move over. She hasn't announced anything yet, but. The same graphics package that Taylor Twelman was announced with has kind of been alluded to in, in her stuff. So I think that Kaylin Kyle, Taylor Twelman, and, and they're going to need a play-by-play to, to anchor that. So it'll be interesting to see what happens for those national broadcasts. But here's actually the most interesting thing. I'm available. I'm just letting them know. Uh, we're both available, by the way. Uh, I Dibs on working with Kaylin. I will um, change my tune on MLS. Uh, Pablo Iglesias Maurer, who does a great job covering the MLS. He was at MLS Media Day with Apple TV. And here's something I find really interesting. Whether you like the product or not, it's been very inaccessible and it has an image problem. One thing that's been brought up is why do American fans care more about Wrexham than they care about their own MLS club? Because I'm sorry that National League soccer is not better than MLS. It's not. Right. It's not. No. Um, I would say that being able to promote, like you said, promotion relegation and follow that journey mm -hmm. It has a big thing to do with it, but also accessibility. Wrexham is more accessible right now than most MLS clubs. And yeah. so here's what the MLS is mandating this season. Each club will have their own vertical with Apple TV called a club room. 
It, none of this content is exclusive to MLS Season Pass, so a lot of it, you can produce it for the club room, and then the clubs can share on their social media website, whatever. But here's what they're making every club produce this season. The Ritual, which is a fan-focused piece that lays out club tradition, supporter culture, allows new fans to understand what's going on. A series of two-minute-long profiles on a dozen of each of the club's players that run all year long. Five-episode pl- series on iconic players or coaches in their past. A minimum of five, quote, classic club moments that will look back on the club's history. Those have to be at least two minutes. In-season document uh content like uh, a weekly first team report has to be at least three minutes where you have to talk about training updates news match previews injuries all this stuff they have to deliver every post-game press conference for the regular season playoff and league cut batch to their youtube and to mls plus and then a community focused report each week that or each month excuse me on what the club is doing in the community and an academy report the mls is forcing their clubs to market themselves seriously and i think Again, you may not be the target audience, Todd, but if you're an MLS fan, you're about to get a boatload more content about your club directed to you. And if you're not, if you're in the market, if you're looking around for the first time, it's going to be easy to get to know all the clubs and pick and see who you want to follow because the MLS is taking itself seriously from a marketing standpoint. And I think that's a good step forward for the league at home. We've talked about this. I don't think a healthy MLS means a, a better men's national team. A healthy MLS means a better Jamaican national team, a better Trinidad and Tobago national team. Right. It means a healthier CONCACAF, but it's damn important if you want to build soccer culture at home and, and bridge the gap with these academies for the American players that do stay at home. I would just say this before we hit our last break. Uh, there's a a guy that I follow that plays FIFA that you, is a YouTuber, and he's, from, uh, he's a Sutton United supporter, and they're in League Two. When I first started following him, they were in the National League. They got promoted into League Two. And I just was like, you know, he would talk about his club all the time. So I bought a Sutton United cap and a Sutton United scarf and started paying attention to him. And I feel more like a part of the Sutton United community as a just a dude from America that bought a cap than I've ever felt about any MLS team, whether close to me or... And I've tried... Right. to follow MLS teams. And and it's not I don't even know that it's so much that they're accessible. It's just that there's a different feel around and again may not be in the target audience. But I you just you feel c- like all American all American uh franchises, sports franchises are all so corporate and just milk toast and boring and and I feel like you know these small clubs they have an identity that Sporting KC just, in my mind, doesn't have. And I don't live in Kansas City, so maybe right. I don't see it. But, you know, I and, see and, it in well, Sutton and, from here. And if you don't, like, I think LAFC has one of the best identity. Like, I think LAFC could go and rival not Premier League clubs, but LAFC, specifically not the LA Galaxy. LAFC could go over and rival a lot of what you're seeing second, third tier in England. The thing is, if you're not watching it, Regardless of what club you support or if you're looking, I think Minnesota United has an incredible culture. No one knows that outside of Minnesota because the clubs are so damn inaccessible right Right. now. Even if you have that, you can't build it. That's part of it, too. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Being so spread out is a challenge with our academy system. And 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 like you said, like what's the journey you follow if you're a Minnesota United fan? Oh, the chance to win a title. Oh, and then next year, the chance to win a title, you know. Like there's not there's no promotion, there's no relegation, there's no there's this huge parachute if you fail, you know, there's no big giant reward at the end of the tunnel if you win. It's it's all just, you know I, I wonder, it's American and like yeah. I get it, but that's not why I like soccer. I, I wonder if MLS Next Pro will help out because that's a much easier established like academy of okay, here are the Minnesota United Academy players. And now I'm following them. You have your academy reports. Now they're on the first team. Okay, this is a local kid on the first team, something to watch. And then, hey, if he gets sold off, that's how MLS is going to end up continuing, I think, to bridge the gap is your your academy players that then go over into Europe. That's a journey that you're following. And why did you follow that journey? Because, hey, I watched him. I remember watching so-and-so play for the Minnesota Academy team. When he was 14 years old. Four years ago. Yeah, and I, I think... That that's the reality years old. of yeah, yeah. That's that's how MLS fans are gonna be able to have it both ways. Yeah, we'll see. Uh, we'll, we'll see. Indeed, I just think that these are all huge steps forward for a league that has a big image problem. 
Yeah, I would agree with you. It's a, no, it's, it's, it's a, a good move. It's a massive image problem because the image of the MLS has not kept up with the quality of the MLS. You can hit us on uh, the text line. You can hit us at Twitch. You can hit us on Twitter. We got the mailbag coming up, right? We do indeed. That's on the other side here on the Soccer Show, brought to you by Oklahoma City FC and the Broadway Clinic. You're listening to The Soccer Show, brought to you by Oklahoma City FC and the Broadway Clinic on 1077 The Franchise. Last segment here of The Soccer Show on 1077 The Franchise, brought to you by Oklahoma City FC and the Broadway Clinic. I'm Ryan Chapman. That's Todd Lizabee. If you missed any of the show, never fret. Never Fret. You can find it. Search The Soccer Show on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. It's there for free. Go to thefranchiseok.com. It'll be up tomorrow. I'm not going to promise you a time, but by 11 a.m. if you check it, it should be good. I'd love to have it out for your morning drive. I might not have it out for your morning drive. (laughs) Sue me. (laughs) At underscore Ryan Chapman on Twitter. And hey, I'm serious. You guys out there, take a photo, a screenshot, whatever, of... You sharing the podcast with your friends, with their reactions, all that stuff. We've got hats for the soccer show coming in. They look badass. I'm very stoked. We will be. I want a hat. Yeah, we will be unloading. Goldfish can get a hat. Yeah, Goldfish can get a hat. Obviously, we will be unloading soccer show merch, but you can win a hat before we put those bad boys on sale. You'll have it before everybody else. 50 bucks, Goldfish. Uh, well, I'm just for, for goldfish. Uh, so the uh, next uh, five weeks of shows, yeah, exactly. just take it out of hey, my paycheck. Goldfish, guys. you know that one trillion dollar coin we keep throwing around that the treasury could mint. Yeah, yes. we need one of those. Yeah, I work in uh, I've worked in radio as well, so fifty bucks equals about fifty hours of work. I get how that goes. Happens, happens. But merch is on the way. Goes. Merch is on the way. We will be having Forrest Bennett model. I don't know if he's allowed to do that. <laughs> I don't know if it's a conflict of interest. But we don't give the a second damn. We get him on the floor of the uh, the house. A representative oh wearing a soccer show cap. That that's, that's when we arrive. Awesome. That's when we arrive. All right, let's uh, let's get to the mailbag. Let's get and to the mailbag. If you want to get in touch with us on the mailbag, do you have a uh, uh, Twitch in front of you there, Goldfish? I do. Okay. We don't have anything. Okay. Yeah. Well, if you want to get in touch with us, Twitch.tv slash the franchise live. The text line has actually been kind of popping at 405-460-1077. We got a few of those. Shout out to uh, the you big can also, text line. Yes, that's right. You can also tweet us at soccer show one zero seven seven. First question comes in. It says, fellas, today is Jamie Vardy's 36th birthday. What's your favorite Jamie Vardy moment? Uh, I almost said it, and I I almost turned to Goldfish, and Goldfish almost had to uh, dump it. Because if you chat mess, you get banged. And chat mess, get banged is by far my favorite Jamie Vardy moment. Um, So... City were on the losing end of a couple of. They got walloped by West uh, by Leicester twice in that year where Leicester made the storybook run, right? Yeah. But what I remember about that year was that Vardy, the entire season, every PK, he just ran into it as hard as he could, yeah, and just kicked it as hard as he could, and and it was just, it was like beautiful to watch, like just the reckless abandon. He played with 36 years old. Yeah, he, he's, he's been a ton up of there. fun. I also loved... Uh, Wasn't he playing for like Stockport like three years before they won yeah, the title? Yeah, it was something, something like that. Well, him and Harry Kane were on like the same bench one. Right, and Harry right. Kane was loaned out. I think that's right. Um, I also will obviously always remember the Leicester City party that looked like the most fun place to be mm-hmm. the night that uh, Chelsea and Tottenham drew 2-2 which clinched the title for Leicester. And uh, I think they were still hungover when they played their game on the weekend and nobody cared. And it was beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. I do remember that as well. I think Rainier was hungover. He was wine drunk <laughs> as well over on the sidelines. Yeah. Uh, second question comes in. It says, fellas, do my toffees have a chance to stay up or am I looking at watching Everton in the championship next year? Uh, if you pull the trigger, I, you know, we're not usually advocating for, for uh call for people's jobs, but you know what? Frankie Lampard will be okay. Uh, I think if you pull the trigger on that, you got a chance. I have little faith that Frank can keep that thing on the rails. It took an act of God basically last year for Everton to stay up there in the last couple of match weeks. I feel like make that change, go out and get an actual manager, and you might be in a good spot. All right, last one, uh, last question from the mailbag before we get to 
our preview of the Premier League matches this weekend. In the top 10, there are three clubs that look like they don't belong, Fulham, Brighton, and Brentford. Of those three, which is the most likely to finish in a European position? Uh, I would posit that Chelsea don't look like they belong either, but I understand what you're saying. <laughs> right. Uh, just saying on name alone, I think, correct, is what this is correct. asking. So. I, I, I got gotcha. you. I would go with Brighton. I really like what they did. They were a team that went out and just absolutely battered Middlesbrough 5-1 in the FA Cup this weekend. Todd, you had circled it, right? You had pinpointed the moment where where they looked like they got their attacking After Graham Potter left. Back yeah. up and running. It took them a little bit, but it looked like they got... Uh, uh, Trossard scored a couple goals against City, and yeah. I remember thinking, like, it was in the second half against City, I thought, these look guys look different than the first well, half. Well, and uh, Trossard now is, is drawing some eyes from around the Premier League, which I, I think Brighton, after losing their manager, will be like, hey, we're good. We're good until the summer. You can come back in the summer. So for and me... And then we're cashing in. Yeah, for me, it's Brighton, and because uh, no one wants to go to the MX. The, the MX is a really tough place right. to play. Yeah, I would say them as well, although I really do like what Fulham's done. Yes. Uh, I love Scott Parker. I love what he and Fulham have done this year. And uh, you want to talk about people who I just enjoy, like get a kick out of watching them score goals? Alexander Mitrovic. I yes. love it every time. He looks like he looks like he's in a movie in a prison and he's about to come at you with a shank. <laughs> <laughs> and then he scores a goal, and you just want to give him a big hug. And you're just like, perfect. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty perfect. great. Fulham will have a big chance tomorrow. He and Thursday. John Joe Shelby look like they're going to throw down in the yard. Well, I, I just, John Joe Shelby, he has gotten more work as the ghostly VAR dude than uh, yeah. than anything else. So you know, uh, <laughs> you know uh, uh, today is Jamie Vardy's birthday, as that uh, texter mentioned, but also Leroy Zane, 27 today. Yep. And this is a blast from the past. And I mentioned this with Eddie this morning. He was one of my first favorite Premier League players because he was the original thick boy. Emil Heskey turns 45 oh, years old today, go. former Aston Villa legend. Beautiful, beautiful. Uh, you mentioned Fulham. I think it's the queso, by the way, that follows us that's a big Brighton fan yeah. and always wants us to shout yeah. him out. So just so you know, and that may have been him who texted us, just so you know, uh, it looks like, uh, in our mind, we're here. Brighton, Brighton might have a chance to get into Europe. We're here, which is a good thing, but it's also not a good thing. But that's if they finish there, we'll get there. It's the kind of headache you take on. Uh, that Fulham club that we just mentioned there, they're hosting Chelsea at the Cottage tomorrow, Thursday at 2 p.m. Uh, I would expect this to be the Willian, your one game a month, where you look like a world-class player again. And I expect Willian to absolutely shred Chelsea as uh, there might be a backline older than him playing out there. You sound very confident. I am. I'm I'm very confident, very stoked for what this season's going to be. Uh, it's, uh... These are two teams going in the other direction. Like This is very, a very simplistic way to look at it. But here's the form chart for Fulham. Win, 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 loss. Here's the form chart for Chelsea. Loss, loss, draw, win, loss. loss. And yeah. they're headed on the road where Chelsea can't score. They can't score away from home. They can't score at home. So with the way soccer works, I'm going to say 3-1 Chelsea. That's probably how that's going to go down. I'll take it. Uh, a really fun one on Friday. Villa and Leeds, I think this is low-key going to be a ton of fun. Um, Villa look just different, energized under Unai Emery. Obviously, we're all big Jesse Marsh fans here in the U.S., or a lot of us are as the the flag that he's kind of carrying for U.S. majors. That one should be a, a pretty open game. I think. I absolutely love the weekend schedule. I think I think there are ten matches this weekend, and I think eight of them are really good. Yeah. Uh, you start with like you mentioned, Villain Leeds, which I'm also very intrigued by. You got the Manchester Derby, and I love that it's at six thirty on Saturday. Get up, watch it. Be that you know afternoon match at Old Trafford, which is always great. For me, it means that I'm going to be able to get up, get that thing done and dusted, and if I time this out right, I'm going to be able to watch Liverpool and Brighton first half, get over to the Lloyd Noble yep, Center. you got an 11 a.m., right? And then watch the second half at the LNC. So, and so that's the only the, the only way the weekend could be better for you is if Chelsea were playing at 11.30 Saturday so you wouldn't have to watch it. Amen! Right? <laughs> right? Amen! So I know where you're going. And then Wolves Say amen and, at the corner. Wolves and West Ham, you mentioned that Lopetegui has gone in there and done a great job at Wolves, and they've got West Ham. David Moyes is still not out of jail there. No. Nope. Uh, he still has to get results or he's going to lose his job. Forrest got a big win over the weekend. They host Leicester City. Brendan Rodgers is basically begging for Leicester City to spend money. Yeah, he's and like, they're please. not, and they're in a relegation fight. Brighton's got Liverpool at the Amex. You mentioned nobody wants to go there. Yeah, so it's a great spot for Brighton. Brentford and Bournemouth. 
Yeah, it doesn't do a lot for me. Uh, Chelsea and Crystal Palace doesn't do a lot because it should be Brentford should roll. Right, Chelsea and Crystal Palace. It's a derby, right? It's a derby, and it's two evenly matched teams. Yep, it is. It is Newcastle and Fulham. Um, you know, Newcastle have been incredible this year, but that this is the exact type of team Newcastle that Fulham has given fits to yeah. all year long. So that's interesting. And then you cap it off on Sunday afternoon, late morning, I should say, with the North London Derby. It's going to be a great weekend of soccer. Well, and there's a ton of pressure too on Newcastle because, uh, like, if they don't get a result there, you've got Spurs who are only two points off of them. So if Spurs show up in a big way against Arsenal then that puts Newcastle under the gun a little bit. United have a game in hand on both Newcastle and Spurs, and uh, United are level with Newcastle on points already. They're just lagging behind in goal difference. Now they're way behind in goal difference, so they're basically a point behind. But if United can get a result against an up-and-down City team that we talked about... Oh, there could be a lot of movement this weekend, for sure. It it could be a lot of moving and shaking, especially with Liverpool, Fulham, Brighton, all sitting right there. And same way the other way. If City get a result and Tottenham beat Arsenal, then City are right there back, you know, sniffing at the title hunt. So Yeah, this, this weekend should be fireworks galore, which is why we can't wait to see you guys next Wednesday. But... We've got Bedlam basketball, so stay tuned. Follow the soccer show at Soccer Show 107.7 on Twitter. As soon as we nail down exactly when we will rejoin, and Bedlam's everyone. a late one too. Yeah, it's so. an 8 p.m. Bedlam, so it, it's hard mm. to move that around. So stay. We, we may, truthfully, we may next week go uh, podcast only, <laughs> is what it'll, may end up happening. But depend. also, we want to let people know starting in February, at some point in February, probably after the Super Bowl, we are going to move to the weekends. Uh, So we can be on the air live as some of these matches are going on as you're getting up and, you know, getting ready for whatever your club may be facing. So we are going to be doing that once we get into uh, post-football season here in America. Yeah, so while we get all those details nailed down, be sure you're following at Soccer Show 1077 on Twitter. We will dish all that out as soon as we get the ink dried, all that stuff, finalize all that. And like we said, merch is coming. So yep. if you want to get a peek of what that looks like, we will have Forrest Bennett trying to infiltrate the Capitol. Last thing I will say, big thanks to all of our sponsors, obviously Oklahoma City FC and the Broadway Clinic. And as we hit 2023, if you're interested in sponsoring the soccer show or having us out on location for a broadcast, or even if you just want to know what that looks like, you can always get in touch with us at Soccer Show 1077. And if we don't have the answers, we'll find someone that does. Absolutely. Big year. We've got high school coming up. We've got a, a Women's World Cup this summer. We've got OKCFC rolling back out. Uh, it should be a ton of fun. Todd and I are so stoked to be on this journey with you guys. But that's all the time we have for now. For Todd Lizabee, I'm Ryan Chapman. That's Maddie Goldfish, Matt Goldbranson on the other side of the glass doing an amazing job. Like we said, at Soccer Show 1077, stay tuned so we can let the show is going to drop. But until then... Especially this weekend, more than others, we hope your club has a huge victory and your rivals get embarrassed. We'll talk to you guys next week.